0: Hello and welcome to Leather Talk with Mr. Bullet Leather 2020. I'm your host, Brandon. Our next guest has been in the leather community for the last six years. He's originally from Peru and holds the titles of Mr. SoCal Leather 2014 and California Drummer 2017. Later on, we get into some hot topics, including water sports and nibble play. Get ready for some more leather talk. This is Brandon, your Mr. Bullet Leather 2020, and today we have Xavier. Hi, Xavier.
1: Hi, Brandon. How are you?
0: (laughs) I'm doing good. How are you doing?
1: Doing well, thanks.
0: (laughs) For those of us uh, audience members who are not familiar with you, Xavier, would you mind introducing yourself, please?
1: Sure. Hi, everyone. My name is Xavier. I'm 39 years old, AKA almost daddy. I identify as a cis gay male and I've been in the leather community for six years. So that's 2014. That's when I won my first title of Mr. Soka Leather. And then I won a second title um, in 2017, California Drummer. And yeah, I'm very excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Yeah, of
0: course. Thank you for coming. Um, yeah, actually, I saw you in the Mr. Drummer, like maybe it was like this last year in a, in a photo shoot in one of the drummer magazines. I was like, is that, oh, yes. that <laughs> Xavier?
1: <laughs> that was me.
0: Well, well, we'll definitely have to talk a little bit about that and, and your different titles and stuff. Um, but first, let's let let's get to know you a little bit more. Um, you said you're almost daddy age. Um...
1: <laughs> almost daddy, I think so, right? Well, some people call me daddy already. So.
0: Right, exactly. You know, the other day I was on Grinder and somebody uh, messaged me, daddy. And I was like, I guess, <laughs> I guess I could be dad. I don't think. No, so. <laughs> you're too young.
1: <laughs> you're too young. You're too skinny.
0: Oh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I want to know, um, you identify as gay, you said. Uh, when did you mm-hmm. come out as gay? Or when did you discover for yourself that you were gay?
1: Well, I think I always knew since I was little, I went mm. to a, a private, all male private Catholic school And I remember when I was probably seven or eight, I used to look at guys that were in fifth grade and there was this guy that looked like the Fonz and I had a big crush on him. So I was just like, look at him and like, I'm sure he knew, uh, because he would just look at me sometimes and smile and I would be like, oh, my God, he's looking at me. Um, But I didn't really come out until i i was in high school so Mm -hmm. i'm originally from peru born and raised Um, i came to the u.s in 97 and um you know when i came here i didn't know first of all i thought how am i gonna find gay people i didn't even know what gay was but i'm like you know are there other people like me i knew that i was different i knew that i liked guys so when i was in high school you know there was another gay guy and i was like oh hi so we just kind of became friends and he Eventually became my boyfriend. And uh, he used to write... We used to write dirty letters to each other. This is now worth sixteen, seventeen.
0: 16, 17. Wait, so th- these weren't even like romantic sweet letters? They were like dirty, <laughs> raunchy was, letters? Were,
1: <laughs> there was a little bit of both, you know. You always okay. have to mix that romance and the raunchiness. So. But so I had this jacket with a pocket um, on, on, on the arm. And I would hide all the letters there. And then uh, he would, you know, we would write letters all the time. And once I... Forgot to put the letter in the jacket, and I left it in my math book. Went to my boyfriend's house, and I came back, and then um, my mom is ironing clothes, and then she's looking at me. I'm like, okay, there's something weird, and then she says, "Is it true?" And uh, I just knew what had happened. I'm like, oh, oh, "Fuck, no. I forgot the letter." So, you know, I came out to her. We were also Mormon. And I, I had been going to a Catholic school, so religion was pretty big in our family. So mm. uh, that was hard for me because even though I knew that I was different, you know, I hadn't told anyone. Um, now I'm 17 now, and I've known since, since I was six. Wow. So, uh, you know, that was a pretty powerful day, uh, lots of crying. Just had that conversation with both my parents. And after that, things got better, um, you know, and I, Finally, I was able to like, okay, I'm going to be gay now because now my parents know. So it doesn't matter. You know, my family knows so I can be gay. So in high school, I was just kind of, you know, I wasn't like wearing rainbows and, you know, everything, but um, I was a little more like comfortable with myself. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think that's how, that's how I came out.
0: Well, I have so many questions about that because... Yeah. So, you were you in Peru at this time when she found no, the letter? No,
1: this, this is already here. Uh, we live okay. in Anaheim, yeah.
0: So, I, I'm curious, what was your mother's reaction like? Did she feel upset because she was afraid for your soul as like a, a, a religious person? Or was she just upset because she thought you were straight and now she has to get used to somebody Different? What was going on in like your parents' minds from your perspective?
1: Um, I always thought that they knew, especially my mom. You know, I I was always kind of quiet, shy little boy and, you know, well-behaved, the opposite of now. Uh, But, you know, I I always thought that she knew, but Mm -hmm. she said that she was really shocked. And I think there was a little bit of the religious, um, you know, oh, no, what am I going to do? Like, how are people going to treat him? What are we gonna do at church? Because uh, my family was very involved in in the Mormon Church, so I think that's how she was feeling at the time. I think uh, I don't know if, but I've read that a lot of mo- a lot of mothers feel uh, responsible since mm-hmm. you know when my dad was here, he was going back and forth from here to Peru uh, for ten years. So my mom was kind of like the caretaker of us, uh, me and my two siblings. So you know, I think there was a little bit of guilt that she thought that okay maybe it was my fault but you know what I know that coming out to your parents it's always a hard and very painful sometimes experience but mine uh, even though it was a little weird because after I came out my dad was very vigilant and he actually caught me with a couple of guys a couple of times uh, not having sex but just talking to them or I invited this guy to come to the apartments and we're in the pool and You know, I've always liked older guys. So, you know, he finds this 37-year-old guy with a 17-year-old and my dad got Superman. So he was always like, you're not going out or, you know, I'm not going to let you use the computer. So, uh, But after that, you know, my dad told the bishop uh, church and they treated me very poorly. And my parents, they were very shocked and very saddened that that was the reaction that the church had towards me. So they decided to stop going and support me, and uh, they haven't gone. You know, they, they haven't come back. Um, I think that they still value all, all the things that they they learned, mm-hmm. at, you know, in the church. Um, but they they just don't feel that that was a good way to show the word of God. You know, all the teachings that, that that they preach, um, they acted completely the opposite way. So right. Um, and, they, you know, they're very, very supportive, very loving. They've, they met all my boyfriends and all my gay friends. And um, my dad knows that I was, I'm a leather guy. And, you know, when I ran for titles, he was very supportive. I went, when I went to IML, he was very supportive. So it, it's been really good. It was, it's been a really good experience.
0: Wow. That's awesome. I mean, it, it, mm-hmm. it kind of reminds me of my experience in, um, I, I grew up Catholic and uh, my parents asked me, well, are you not Catholic anymore? And. And uh, my answer to them was, you know, it's not, I don't not go to the, how do I say it? I don't not go to the Catholic Church because of the Catholic Church. I don't go to the Catholic Church because of the people in the Catholic Church. It's not necessarily like the teachings per se or the belief in God, but it's just when you go somewhere and you don't feel welcome, people are treating you bad. You don't want to go there anymore, right? Right,
1: right. Yeah, I mean, why would you?
0: Right, exactly. So when you discovered that you were gay for yourself, um, mm-hmm. did you have any kind of feelings of uh, of shame because of your religious upbringing?
1: Um, not necessarily. I had already had many experiences before that, mm-hmm. sexual experiences. So no, I mean, all these things happened while I was, I was underage uh, and... I was already going to the church, and I don't know how I compartmentalized those two lives. I I felt like I was leading a secret life for the, you know, most of my your youth, uh, my youth. Let's just say that, yeah. Uh, And then, you know, um, yeah. I don't know. I I I just never thought uh, that it was bad. I think I when I came from Peru, I felt sad because I felt very lonely because I didn't, you know, first of all, I didn't speak the language. And I only had my my brother, my sister, and my cousins that lived here, but you know I was like, how am I gonna find people like me? You know, like I mean, I've I've seen on TV, I heard on, on TV on the radio that and there's a lot of gay people here in the U.S., but I'm like, I don't see anyone. I don't know. Hmm. So I was uh, I was sad and depressed because of that, and then I got a computer and things changed. <laughs> uh, <laughs> You know, those AOL chat rooms and the (laughs) Yahoo.com personals. The infamous AOL chat rooms. (laughs) Yes. So, but so yeah, when I first came here, I I felt, uh, yeah, I was depressed uh, because, you know, I didn't know, am I ever going to find someone like me and am I normal, you know, those those thoughts finally kind of hit me. But after I came out, I met someone that, um, a friend uh, that helped me really uh, just be comfortable with myself. And after I, I overcame that, I just super gay. <laughs> uh, yeah, I never looked back. I don't know. I just, I just. It was something that I just needed to do and uh, get over. Get over. And then yeah, it was fine.
0: When what do you remember the moment that you felt finally comfortable to be yourself, or did this just kind of happen over time?
1: Um, I think definitely uh, before I went to college. Um, you know, there's. Uh, For me, there was a journey of, it wasn't right away, you know, like I woke up the next day, I'm like, oh, I'm like, I'm comfortable being a, I think for, for everyone, it's a little bit of a journey for me, it definitely was. Um, I'm not sure, I don't exactly remember, but I think that as time went on, I felt more comfortable on my own skin, you know, I think... Even now, I think, you know, uh, I don't know, I just feel like the older you get, the more comfortable you get with yourself. Mm -hmm. Um, But in terms of my, of of me being gay, um, I don't know, probably I I got very comfortable after I went to college because that's when I was able to just be myself. I moved away to college and I was able just to explore and be myself and do crazy things. Um, So I think that helped me just become who I am.
0: Now you mentioned earlier that you had several sexual experiences and that's how you kind of figured out that you were you're gay. Do you remember what your first sexual experience was like?
1: I don't actually. But I was young and I remember that it started as a game. This is just- just trying to remember from all the other times after that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was just kind of, uh, it was a game and uh, I liked it. And I wanted to play, I, I just remember that I wanted to play more. And uh, so I played more. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and I had um, a good friend, one of my best friends from school. Uh, we also played and, uh, you know, he's married now and straight. Uh, but, you know, when you're like kids, those things, I guess, don't matter. Right. You don't think of those things. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, but I I'm, yeah, I wish I could remember, but it's a blur, it, you know, it's not long ago.
0: Now, when did you start to get into leather?
1: So I was 22, I had a best friend and he met someone, this German daddy. My friend, my best friend was Mexican and, you know, we were hanging out with him and he's like, have you guys ever gone to MJ's? I'm like, no, you know, we used to go only to like Rage on Saturdays in was Hollywood and then to Latin clubs. And he's like, oh, let me take you guys to a real club. I'm like, okay. <laughs> so we went to this club MJ's. I don't know if you know it. It used to be on Silver Lake. And it was a club and everyone was wearing harnesses, like leather harnesses. And I just walked in and I just remember the lights and the men, hair all over, everyone's shirtless, harnesses, sweat. The music was going off. It was a great environment. And um, I just remember looking at the men. I was like, Wow. That's fucking hot. And like, I, how do I, what is that? And how do I get into it? So that was the first time that I remember my first experience with leather and I was mesmerized by it and I loved it. So I think that that was in the summer. And then after that, I was so into it that uh, I was very curious and I, you know, we ended up going back to that bar or the club many times um, went to Folsom and, uh, my, my best friend's boyfriend, Carl, uh, he bought me a harness. That was my first harness. And I was so happy, you know, I'm like, Oh, I have leather. And you know, I was a little twink. You know, 120 pounds, just like, you know, walking around shirtless with, you know, very proud just to have my first harness and just like discovering Folsom for the first time. Back then, it was a little more wild than uh, it is now. You know, it was not as big either. But people are still, you know, people are like jacking off in the street and having sex. And I just thought it was crazy, but I loved it. And, you know, I just felt so comfortable. But after that we came back and I'm like, okay, so there has to be you know, where are all these people coming from? So I wanna know. I wanna be part of it. So I went online and I think I looked I think yeah, I'm like in my early twenties. So I looked up a uh, gather leather gay community in Los Angeles and I found a couple of um couple of websites. I think Avatar might have been one of them. Uh or I don't remember really, but you know, I went to the website and the pictures that I saw were like all these older white men Hmm. and you know I was like oh I was I don't know I just didn't feel comfortable I thought that they would you know if I try to go I mean like what is a little boy like me you know gonna
0: like an imposter or something right yeah or like you know
1: they're probably gonna be like what are you doing here um because you know the pictures that I saw was like, OK, these guys are like way older, like in their 40s and they're all white. So, I, I, you know, I just felt that I was a little out of place. And back then I was still shy, you know, I was not outgoing and I was like, oh, well, that sucks. That's too bad. But you know what? Um, I still I still went to Folsom every year. I think two years ago was the first time that I didn't go uh, and that was because I was in school. But, uh, uh, you know, ever since my 22nd birthday, I went every year, I went to Folsom, and then I started going to the realities. And then I went to, you know, little leather parties that I, my friends would tell me about. I went to the Eagle for the first time, and I was very, I was nervous, because I didn't know what was going to happen there. I'm like, it's are people gonna try to like, they me have sex with them? Or are they gonna? <laughs> <laughs> I was so afraid of that. Yeah. It's, you know, like I didn't, I, you know, I grew up so sheltered and kind of uh, in a bubble, just protected from the world. So, when I went to college, um, like I said, you know, I was able to experience all these things and also, you know, do all these crazy things that I've never done. And I didn't really know how things worked, how like bars worked uh, or clubs, you know, I never done so many things. So uh, and I remember being nervous uh, and I look back, I'm like, that's funny, you know, that I would be nervous of going to the you know,
0: no i can't believe you just jumped right into Folsom. i still haven't been to Folsom, and oh uh, really wow No, i haven't oh i feel like that's like this crazy huge gay sex party on the street that's like i mean i guess it's that's one way to do it to just dive straight in um but i was overstimulated just by walking into the eagle for the
1: first time (laughs) oh yeah yeah i mean it's you know the first time that i went they had a a night—I don't remember what it was called—but they had built all these cages, and people were like the dancers were like inside, kind of jacking off, and you couldn't see them, but you could see their silhouettes, and you know, and then there were wrestlers, and I thought, I'm like, wow, this is fucking amazing. I'm like, wow. why was I even scared? <laughs> and then let's go back. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, it, you know, it, it's funny how things happen, and then you look back, and you're like, oh wow, I can't believe I—I I was that person, and I'm like someone completely different now.
0: So I'm curious to know if you have that harness still, the first harness your friend bought you.
1: I i don't actually, and which is something that I'm very sad about because, you know, I, I would have, you know, I, I mean, I probably wouldn't fit in it anymore, but mm-hmm. I have a lot of friends and they're like, oh, can I borrow your harness? And sometimes, you know, in those trips to Folsom, there will be like 10, 15 of us and somehow I lost it. Oh. Yeah, yeah. unfortunately, I know.
0: Well, I mean, if you still had that harness, like you said, you, you probably wouldn't fit into it. But I mean, yeah. looking back at that first piece of leather, I mean, what did it mean to you then and and what does it mean
1: to you now? Well, like I said, to me, it meant being part of this community a little bit, even though I wasn't really into it. I'm like, oh, you know, I'm like, I'm going to this. I'm like, I'm expressing my interest for leather for this uh kink. I didn't know what kink or fetish meant back then. I just knew that I liked it. But, you know, that was a way for me to relate, you know, to attach myself to all mm-hmm. of that. And, you know, it was something that my friend had gifted me and, you know, I'm very appreciative of things like that. What that's what it meant. Uh what it means now I hope that whoever has it put it to good use I hope and um I don't know I just you know I think that's like the the preamble of the chapter of my leather experience that's how I'm it's, just imagining
0: I mean, like the um you ever see read that book the uh, sisterhood of the traveling pants
1: I didn't but I watched the movie yeah <laughs> but, so I know yeah. I could
0: just imagine that with your harness being passed around I wonder where it is today <laughs>
1: I wonder, too, and I mean, it's not the only thing that I've lost. I've lost a couple of harnesses that I really liked. Uh, but, I, you know, that actually rem- reminds me of my sling, because mm-hmm. I bought a sling about three years ago. And uh, I don't know if you know, but I throw small play parties and club events or bar events. And mm-hmm. uh, so my sling has traveled a lot, and I know for sure that it's being used by many people at many parties, many events. Uh, so I, when, you, when you say that, I actually think of my sling. And actually, I didn't have it after I bought it. I used it for a little bit and then I, it was making its rounds. It mm-hmm. you know, went to Palm Springs. It was in LA. You know, Different people used it. And then it came back to me. And when I got on it, I was like, oh, this has like energy. Yeah. Which, uh, yeah, I, could, I love it. Yeah. Wow, that's really
0: awesome. What is your? I mean, I guess you kind of answered it already, but what what is your favorite piece of leather?
1: Now, is it your slang? No, it's not. Okay, it's uh, my favorite piece of leather. is a Muir cap that I got from uh, Brian Dawson, who was International Mister Drummer from '89. So um, I'm part of Avatar, which is a BDSM club here in LA, and uh, they have they have a leather sale. I think twice twice a year. Swap me. Uh, of leather um, so I got that there this is what three years ago so I, I just you know he was a small guy very fit so I I could fit in all his clothes three years ago so I bought a lot of this stuff a lot I, you know some harnesses that's one of the harness that I lost also um, but I bought some pants um, and then I saw this mirror cap that was you could tell that it was uh, from the 80s and that's why I like it so much and if it it's great he has chains on the top, and I just I just really like it. Not only because it was from someone that, uh, you know, it has history. Mm-hmm. I, I love that, the concept of like leather being passed on to new people, new, new blood. But also because I eventually, I became a drummer, a title holder, and actually I wore that at IML. I wore that uh, mirror cap at IML, so. Wow.
0: Yeah, I have one shirt that was used from Mr. S. I actually bought, I don't know if it was swap meet, but there there was a pop-up at the bullet. And uh, mm-hmm. I don't know if it was from Avatar or what, but I found this shirt and it was like a little bit big, so I had it tailored, but it was from Mr. S from years ago. And they're like, oh, this is one of our shirts. And like the, the label and everything was like totally different too. So it was really interesting. Oh, cool. Um, but yeah, every time I put that shirt on, I'm like, I do feel like, oh, this has been somewhere like this is part of history somehow. And I wonder who had it before me, you know? Yeah. (laughs) Sorry, my voice is um, being rough right now.
1: No problem. Drink some water or some piss. (laughs) We'll
0: get into that soon. (laughs) (laughs) So you said when you first came into it, you saw you didn't see yourself on the poster, basically. And you weren't sure if this was a place that you would fit in. When did you finally fit yourself in like when did you come into the whole community and realize that just because you weren't on the poster did not mean that you weren't welcome
1: yeah so um so that was 22 that was what uh like early 2000s when that happened uh and then it wasn't until 2013 towards the end of the year that um i met someone um Hmm. on recon um, you know, uh, I was talking to him. Uh, his name is Sir Ian, uh, and you know, I expressed my interest and I told him, "Oh yeah, you know, I'm into, I'm very kinky. I like to do this. I like leather, you know, bondage, water sports." And he's like, "Oh, he's like, have you been been to a leather event?" And I'm like, he's he's British, by the way. So I was like, "Oh no, I've never." He's like, "Would you like to go?" I'm like, "Oh yeah, I would love to." So. He ended up taking me to my first leather event, mm-hmm. my first official LA community leather event, uh, which was the Thomas Finland House. There was a boot camp for the title holders. And uh, as soon as I walked in, I saw guys my age. But now I'm what, 20? 20... No, I'm in my 30s already.
0: So this was only what, like five, six years ago?
1: Oh, no, six years ago. And I'm 39. So yeah, I'm 33. So, but I saw guys uh, my age. And from you know, and so Black, Latinos, Whites, Asians. And I was like, oh, wow, this is pretty cool. First of all, you know, like that I I can relate to people that are here. And then the way that they were acting and, you know, just talking, and they were so open and comfortable with sex and their sexuality. And I knew right away when when I went to that event, I knew this is my tribe. Hmm. Because for, you know, for many years before, I would, I've been hanging out with different subcultures of the leather community, and even though I had good experiences, I never felt mm-hmm. like I was part of that. you know, one of them. You know, I'm like, I'm too skinny to be a bear, and uh, I like circuit parties, but I don't like, you know, every weekend. I don't know, I just, they were like, just, it was never like, this is me. Right. And when I went to that event, uh, I, I just knew right away, it was natural. You know, so that was, I think it was November, in November of 2013. And then um, in January, you know, I, I started meeting people. I met Gabriel Green. Uh, I'm sure many of you know him. And he had just won the Mr. Leather Bear LA le- a title. And uh, he said, you know, you should run for a title. I'm like, no. You know, I, I really didn't know anything about like, the community, you know, I knew that I liked leather, but I'm like, I don't think, you know, I can do it. And, uh, know, yeah, I started meeting other people and, you know, Sir Ian actually became my sir. So he took me under his wing and he said, you should do it. If you want to do it, you know, I think you can do it. So I decided to do it and, uh, you know, started meeting people, going to events. Uh, I was very excited. I was like a little boy <laughs> on Christmas morning, you know, I was like, Oh my God. <laughs> um, and you know, and then I run. And the contest was on Valentine's Day, uh, February fourteenth, two thousand fourteen. And uh, I won. You know, it was three of us, or no, was it was three or two. I think it was, I think it might have been two, but I won. And I just couldn't believe it. You know, I was like, wow. I literally had like what three months two three months into this community and, you know, I, I tried to learn as much as I could and then, uh, you know, just try to just uh be open to all the things that were happening and uh, yeah, it worked.
0: Well, this, this was your first competition and like you said, you were so young into it. Did, how seriously did you take it when you decided to run? Like, did you start like studying and getting yourself involved with more things or how did you go about preparing for that?
1: So... Serian is—I uh, don't know if you know him, but he's very knowledgeable. So he was—you know—he gave me books. Uh, he gave me—you know—we we would have talks. We would meet with other leather men, um, Tommy Truffaldi, Dave—you mm-hmm. um, know—all all, all, the older all guys—and they would advise me. Um, you know, I, I, I had my mock interviews, um, talked to people. You know, I was meeting a lot of people, and it was hard because there's a lot of people, and you know, just to remember all those names is hard sometimes. Uh, But I was just uh, so enamored by just everything because it's something that I was passionate about. And I was excited that I finally am like, okay, this is something that I really like, that I've been looking for for so many years. And now I found it. So uh, to me, it didn't feel like work. It was just to I was just learning about Mm. more about myself and about something that I I really liked. Uh, I just wanted to just. Take it all in, you know.
0: Were there any specific moments in that competition that you distinctly remember that maybe have come with you all these years?
1: Um, I, the night before we had the meet and greet, the contest was on a Saturday. The meet and greet was on a Friday. And you know, I remember going to bed and I was very excited. And then the next morning, uh, I just remember like waking up and polished, sitting on my living room, I was in my underwear and I was just like cleaning all my leather and just getting ready. I just remember looking at myself in the mirror, and I don't know. I was just very happy, mm-hmm. uh, and I was like, "Whatever happens, happens, and I'm just gonna enjoy the moment." So I've kind of always approached life that way, you know. Just uh, I like to experience a lot of things, so that's what I took from it, and ever since, you know, every, every time I have an opportunity or something comes up. Uh, I decided just to take it because you never know what's going to happen.
0: Absolutely. I had a moment like that, similar to the day of the competition and looking at myself in all of my leather, ready to go out the door. And I was just like, nobody was in the house, quiet and thinking like, well, today will be the first step in some journey, (laughs) you know?
1: Yeah, that's that's how it is, you know? And um, I think that, I mean, of course, I would have been sad if I didn't win. But I think that, wouldn't have stopped me from attending, you know, the, the events and meeting people. And, um, I probably would have tried again because, you know, um, it's fun to have a title <laughs> <laughs> uh, as you know, what,
0: what did you, did you learn anything about yourself in this process?
1: Oh, yes. Um, so the organization, the producer of the title is Ashram West, which is a, a spiritual organization and, you know when I was I was trying to think about okay, what's gonna be my platform?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And, you know, I'm like, okay, I know that I'm I'm very sexual. I'm very comfortable with my sexuality, but how do I tie that into spirituality? And I don't remember, I think I might have read an article or a book that talked about how sexuality is part of the self. And that really spoke to me. And that I used that as my uh, as part of my speech. And also it became my platform that, you know, we should embrace one's sexuality because it's part of us. So that was kind of like what I run with uh, my whole year. I had, uh, so this 2014, I became positive HIV positive when I was 2009. Okay. And I, you know, I, I never hit it, but I was not public about it. And, you know, at the end of my title year, I my step down speech was about I came out as HIV positive uh, because I felt that uh, the title and the experiences that I had during that year really helped me to feel comfortable uh, in my in myself and with myself uh, and with my status and also I wanted to show people that it can happen to anyone and that uh, back then I think the the, the cons of the the image that you thought of someone who is be positive. It was someone that was sick looking or maybe older, you know, so uh, in a way, I kind of wanted to defy that stigma and I decided to come out as positive. So I think besides all the great experiences and all the great people that I had, that was one of the things that really, I, I you know, that I really hold close to my heart that I was able to do that. And that actually started the second chapter of my leather journey, because after that I became more vocal and you know supportive of, of fighting stigma and uh, you know I started being really open that I was be positive and I was you know I was healthy and there was no need to put people down for that.
0: It it's really interesting. I mean, if that was even if that was the only thing that you took, which I'm sure you took more out of that year, but if even if that was the only thing, what a huge step for you, you know, to be accepting yourself for that and and being open in public about that. For those audience members who might be listening and afraid to come out of the closet in that regard, being HIV positive or anything else, uh, what would be your advice to those people?
1: Well, I think you should do it when you feel that it's the right time for you. I think for everyone, everyone has a different story and different circumstances. But I think nowadays with PrEP and all that, I think it's... Easier, it's, I think it's more acceptable. Not to say that there there is isn't stigma still, but I think it's, it's more acceptable. Um, but you know, if that's something that you that you would like to do, it then do it. There are a lot of people, a lot of people that are also HIV positive, and uh, a lot of my friends were HIV positive, and I didn't know that until I came out, and then they confined confided me, "Oh, I am HIV positive too." And you know, there were so many things that I didn't know about it, and it was a great learning experience for me. Um, You know, I learned more about myself, I learned more about my community, I learned more about my friends and other people.
0: I mean, just by you coming out and and saying that, and like you said, some of your friends confiding in you, I mean, you guys had a whole network of support right there that you probably didn't even, you wouldn't have known it existed had you not come out and said something.
1: Right, right, that's right. You know, and and I think like back then, like, you know, prep wasn't a thing, so... A lot of people thought that it was still a death sentence, you know, I think, you know, it's, it was something that not, it was not talked about publicly, you know, you, you there was definitely not commercials about, oh, take this HIV pill, and, you know, you're going to be fine. At least, I, you know, that's not something that I was aware of. Uh, and it had a, still a very negative connotation to it. So... Also, I think there was, I think there were HIV uh, friendly or positive people, um, you know, in the community, and I think that also was one of the things that really helped me feel very comfortable with it.
0: Now, this title that you ran for, this is not your only title. You said you no. are Mr. Drummer. What year was it again?
1: It's California Drummer, two thousand seventeen.
0: California Drummer, two thousand seventeen. So, what made you decide to run for that title?
1: So after uh, my so-called leather title, I, you know, I was like, okay, well, that was nice, that was fun. Uh, <laughs> now I'm going just to focus on doing other things. I wanted to get more involved in the community and not just being a title holder. So, um, me and Gabriel Green, you know, at the end of our title year, we decided to start producing events for the leather community. So we started doing that, and then I also. What else? Band of Brothers. I was on the board for a year. So I was, you know, just doing other things within the community just to continue. I didn't want to stop. Definitely started mentoring people. And then so, oh, but also I started, I decided to get an MBA. Hmm. So I was getting my MBA and a producer for Drummer hit me up once and this is in 2016. And he said, oh, we want you to run for Drummer. You know, we. We've seen your your journey on Facebook, and um, we think that you would be great for this title. This is a is a play title, um, which I think you are you are it. And um, so they reached out to you. Yeah, they they reached out to me because you know I was I don't have Facebook anymore, but you know I shared a lot, <laughs> uh, and I think you know I think that's what uh, I had a lot of followers, and you know it was it was good, it was good stuff, and uh, I think people like that and they related to that, so they reached out to me and I said, you know, I'm sorry, I don't, I don't have the time. I'm already, you know, on on a board and and studying. So next year. So I I finished my MBA and then he he hit me up again. Uh, He's like, okay, you're free now. So we want you to run. So (laughs) I (laughs) run, So I run, and it was a different title. This was a more, um, inclusive title mm-hmm. you know there was uh, a lot of uh, there was women it was up in sexual uh, com- more more a pansexual community where everyone was welcome puppies and it wasn't just a leather title it was a play title so the title happened in palm springs and uh and i won and there was uh, that was the title process was different i had I, we had to do a a scene or a fantasy on stage mm-hmm. which i didn't have to do that for for my la title Uh, So that was fun. I did a uh, a water sports scene that I was in the park. It was like a cruising uh, scene that I was walking in the park and I found this daddy and then he paid on me and, you know, and then he fucked me and we we used like a, we used this bottle of water that, uh, (laughs) it it was, it was fun. Uh, I got wet
0: i had a piss fantasy too and i used uh the uh, apple juice
1: <laughs> oh wow well, that's a good idea yeah
0: <laughs> how fun
1: but um so in that title my platform because you know i had already come out as hiv positive uh i also in between that time uh buzzfeed found me on scruff and uh you know i i was very open about my status and um you know i might have said something that um, you equals you, or you know, fighting stigma. And um, the producer of, of this piece was looking for people that would would talk about uh, being a HIV positive. Mm. And um, so I decided to do that. And I had to come out to my parents because of that. I had to come out as a HIV positive to my parents. So that was another big step in my journey. Uh, but I, you know, I, I had to tell them that I was a HIV positive because that was going to be on Buzzfeed, and you know. Everyone, like all of my cousins and people that I knew.
0: I mean, everybody gets BuzzFeed on their Facebook or wherever. Right. You know, so what, what was your family's reaction to that?
1: I was shocked. When my dad told me I kind of knew already. Mm. He, well, I, to, you know, I, I called him and I said that I need to talk to you about something. And he's like, okay. Um, and I was more concerned about my mom because when I came out, when I was in high school with a boyfriend, the Dirty Letters, of the things that she said back then was she's like okay that's fine that you're gay and she's like just don't get hiv Hmm. so that was the reason why i was always kind of secretive or not secretive but i just didn't disclose that to them right uh and then you know i just decided that that was part of my of who i am and it was part of my life and that i you know i really wanted to do this piece because i thought that people needed to I just wanted to share it, you know, with people, and I thought I thought it would be beneficial to whoever needed to listen to that or hear that. So I decided to do it, and I told my parents. And they were, my dad was like, "Yeah, I didn't know what it was, but then like you kind of gave me a little hint, so I knew it." My dad's—I I have a—he's
0: extremely intuitive.
1: Yes, and me and my dad are very close. We—I people usually are d- mommy's boys. Uh, I'm I'm a daddy's boy. <laughs> okay uh yeah um and my mom was you know she i told her and she was surprisingly fine with it she was so calm and she's like okay and then she you know she asked me questions like so how are you and like what do you do for it and i told her i just take a pill a day and get my blood work every six months and I'm, I'm fine you know i mean very healthy and she's like okay i think at the time she also didn't know you know um She did not really know so many things about it, Uh, and I think she probably was more informed Mm -hmm. after all these years. Uh, So her reaction was fine, and you know, um, my dad, when I go visit, he asks me sometimes how I'm doing, how's my health, and you know, it's I'm always I'm doing good, and they see me and I'm like, I haven't worked out because of COVID, you know, a little, (laughs) a little fluffy like everyone else, but uh, (laughs) but you know, my mom's like, oh, you look healthy. Yeah, oh, thank you. You know, um, but no, (laughs) you know, they know that I'm healthy. And um, I think that it's fine. So it's it's become a non issue. It's really interesting
0: to me. It's just so awesome. Like, as you're sharing your story from coming out until now, it's just so beautiful how much leather has really kind of propelled and catalyzed many important moments in your life, you know, huge stepping stones for you. And uh like had you not won this title, not been found by BuzzFeed and not had the courage to come out, I mean, would you have had this discussion with your family? I mean,
1: who knows right? no yeah i don't I don't know, but i I really attribute these things, this you know journey to leather because uh looking back, it all connects back to it um you know, and then uh, what I was trying to say, sorry i no go ahead <laughs> i'm on a tangent, <laughs> I on a tangent. Uh, so the the new title the california uh, california drummer was a play title and um as part of it you know th- my platform was that i was to be positive and i was i wanted to be sex positive, that i was sex positive mm-hmm. uh, so it was a mature idea of what i ran with for socal uh, and you know now sex positive was not a thing back then um, i think that was what i was trying to say but i didn't know you know the phrase was not a thing and Uh, In 2017, it was. So uh, that was that became my platform.
0: For those listening right now who don't know what that term is, sex positive, would you mind kind of going into that a little bit?
1: Yeah. um, So, sex positivity is about being open to sex, uh, respecting others' opinions. Uh, uh, You know, I have a good friend that he's like, "Oh, people think that because you're sex positive, you're you know you're a slut, or that you have to be a slut to be a sex to be sex positive." I'm like, "No, you don't have to. It means that you can be open and not judgmental about others' sexual behaviors, kinks, fetishes." You know, respecting yourself, but also uh, just being proud of your sexuality.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I like that. That's what it is to me. I, I, you know, it has different meanings for other people, but to me, celebrating your sexuality, being comfortable, being confident in it,
0: and that—that's really yeah. important. I think that you said what you said, being proud of your sexuality, because for so many people, I mean, I can only speak from my experience. But growing up, sexuality for so long for me was—it's wrong. It's wrong. It's wrong. I even had friends who, once they got married, they still felt like it was wrong, even once they were married, because they thought, oh, I've been told this my whole life. And it is a huge step to take into sex positivity when you realize, wow, sex is something beautiful. Sex is something that is an experience that is a part of my life, you know, and to not have any shame over that. That's a huge deal.
1: Yeah, no, it was. And, you know, just when you, you're saying these things. I just remember that when I was in high school, you know, in Peru, I I started jacking off after you know when I was eleven and then I would every time I would jack off I would feel bad. I would feel mm. guilty. And I hated that because I'm like and I got to the point that every time I jacked off I felt that something bad was gonna happen. And I think I was just psyching myself and something bad would happen. And I I just remember like praying and I'm like, I'm sorry, I'm not going to do it again. And the next day I was jacking off again. So it was like, oh my God, it was horrible.
0: I I would pray an entire rosary a day because I was (laughs) jacking off and I felt so bad about it. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Uh, You know, and it's just funny just to think about all those things and how you change and grow, you know.
0: Well, I wonder if, as as we kind of wrap it up here with the leather title portion of our discussion, uh, I wonder if you could recall on maybe one of your fondest, most memorable memories within the leather community over these years.
1: Do you mean as a title holder? As or? a title
0: holder or just your whole journey?
1: I think one of my most memorable memories <laughs> is uh, just from going to IML mm-hmm. two years ago to represent my California drummer title. I was just very proud of being able to represent that title and uh, actually, you know, and I was very happy that I got to go to IML for the 40th anniversary. That was something that was not in my path. That was not planned. Um, My title was not part of the titles that usually go to IML, but uh, the California or the drummer title didn't happen. So after that, people were like, oh, I know you were really preparing for it. And, you know, it was also going to be a national title, but... Uh, ended up not happening, so I ended up going to IML instead. But that was totally unplanned, Mm -hmm. and uh, I had a great time, and just being on the stage and just going through the whole experience was was, was just amazing. Not only because of IML is like the title of all titles, but it was just I met so many great people, I learned about myself, I cried. I didn't place, uh, you know, I had a panic attack during my interview. and But just looking back at all those things, it, it was just a great experience. And um, I will always cherish that uh, and hold close to my heart. So I think that, you know, from a non-sexual memory, I think that's one of the fondest memories.
0: Um, wow, it sounds like you've had a lot of incredible experiences and it's just so beautiful where leather has taken you.
1: Yes, um, I have actually. <laughs> and uh, you know, I'm, I feel very happy and lucky that you know, I have such a supportive family and uh, they've been very understanding of who I am and the things that have happened to me mm-hmm. and then also of my of my leather journey. When I went to IML, before I was going, when I was getting ready, I had a talk with my dad and he, he confined it in me that he always, he said that I've always kind of wanted to be a leather guy. Mm-hmm. He told me that. And I remember when he was, you know, when he was younger, he used to uh, ride motorcycles and he had, he had a leather jacket and he reminded me of that. And I was like, oh yeah, you're right. Wow. So, but that was pretty cool that he told me that.
0: That is really awesome. So in some ways he got to live that through you.
1: I guess i don't know
0: <laughs> well i i do want to get a little more dirty is, is that all right <laughs> <Perfect>.
1: <laughs> please do <laughs> i
0: couldn't help but hear you say something about a water sports fetish is that are you
1: <laughs> oh yes
0: <laughs> is that like one of your main uh first loves or what, what are some of
1: your key- it is my first love yes <laughs> uh, so I wore yellow. I flagged yellow mm. for both my contests. Oh, wow. That was the color that I flagged, yeah.
0: So let's talk about when you discovered you were into piss play.
1: Well, my first recollection of it was when I was little. I used to get <laughs> all these hives, and once I had it on my belly, and I remember just, it, it was itchy, so I decided I used to peel myself, and it just felt so warm and mm stopped itching the itchiness so
0: wait what what wait hold up <laughs> <laughs> i'm trying to imagine i was
1: a kinky motherfucker since <laughs> i was little why, why
0: you didn't decide to put ointment on it you just decided i'm gonna pee and see what happens
1: <laughs> yes i yes that's what i did i okay. was sitting on the toilet and i was i i was just like i don't know i just said it i don't know why hmm. i just did it and it felt warm and it appeased the itchiness and i was like oh so this is kind of cool was that like
0: a sexual experience <laughs> at that point or was that just
1: like a? Character? it wasn't sexual no okay. but i thought it was like interesting uh but you know i was like hmm because I've, I've been trying to think of like okay i wonder how or you know uh but the actual the, the first time that it was actually the actually sexual um i had this friend that um you know before we became friends um someone i had met him before a couple of times and he invited me to go to vegas with him so we went to vegas and uh on the way there you know i we've only said i don't know we've only said hi or maybe just small talk from the two times that we had met before so we had like four hours to get to know each other and you know i liked him and he liked me and we mentioned that uh, you know we were just talking about sex and he's like what are what is something that you've always wanted to do i said oh I, i I've always wanted to try water sports, and he's like, oh, me too. I'm like, okay, well, we should do it. So we got to the hotel, went out drinking, to the bars, came back. We had more drinks, and then we got in the bathtub, and we peed on each other. Hmm. And then I drank his piss, and um, I liked it. Oh, my
0: gosh.
1: Yeah, and that was, you know, that was the first time. And, uh, you know, I was drunk, so I was I'm like, yeah, let's whatever. <laughs> Uh, but I liked it, you know, and after that, I just, I don't know. I just,
0: and it, it didn't stay in Vegas, I guess. <laughs>
1: it didn't stay in Vegas. No, I brought it back with me. It's dating me. Uh, I just, I, I don't know. I think it's, you know, I think for many people it's probably disgusting, uh, but it's not for me. I like that it's taboo, you know, to some extent. But at the same time, I don't know. I mean, I, you know, I'm not going to say that I love the taste of it, you know. But, it, you know, when it's good and clean, it can be very erotic, um, uh, just, I don't know, there's something, something dirty about it. And I like dirty.
0: <laughs> so what What are some of your favorite activities now that you're a well-seasoned piss play lover?
1: <laughs> well, there's a lot. Uh, I, I'm really big into nipple play. Okay. I didn't know that I was wired up until probably like four years ago.
0: Well, you didn't know that you were wired?
1: Yeah, I didn't know. Wait, what I does that mean? Oh, wired is when you are when you get very aroused from people playing with your nipples. So you just, I guess your nipples just playing with. Being...
0: Oh, I I never heard that term used
1: before. Oh, uh, really? Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. So that you know, people say oh, I'm wired because when you touch your nipples, your dick gets hard and your your halt twitches. <laughs> okay. So um, yeah. So if if you play with my nipples, I'll have a reaction.
0: So when did you discover that?
1: Uh, probably about. F- four, five years ago, I I went to Palmer Springs to a a a pool party and I I walked in the house and it was someone that I hadn't met before, but it was friends of friends. And there was all these daddies. I was like, oh my God, I'm in heaven. Um, (laughs) And one of them, still friends with him, he was really big into nipple play and he started playing with my nipples and he played with my nipples all weekend. And he saw that, I guess there was a reaction to that, a positive reaction to that. So uh, you know, I just remember he was teaching me how to like turn him and pull him a little bit. Uh, and I just really liked it. And after that, I started doing it more and more. And now I, I mean, I touch my nipples all the time. And I, when I play, I love playing with my nipples. It gets me hornier. You know, if I've already come and I'm not as horny, if you play with my nipples, I'll get hard again. <laughs> uh, if you, you know, if you if you want me to be really horny, just play with my nipples and uh, Yeah. That will so work. That will be it,
0: work. Is it just like a little, like a little play, or or do you like actual, like really pulling and twisting and like the harsh kind of? Well, uh, you have to play? work
1: your way up, but yeah, I like it hard. I like it rough. Okay. Yeah, but also, you know, I I know that I'm versatile. So when when I play with someone, someone uh, nipples, you know, you have to, be, you cannot go like to like from zero to hundred. So you have to, you know, warm it up, warm them up a little bit. But some people don't like it hard. You know, some people like it soft and just like pulling a little. Uh, some people like it really hard which i like that (laughs) i love it so
0: you're into nipples you're into piss anything else
1: uh i recently discovered so my friend that i did water sports with he was really into feet and um you know i have never really thought of like feet as sexual or you know but after we dated um I started looking at guys' feet uh, just because I'm like, oh, not not like sexually, but I was like, he would always talk about feet. So I was like, oh, just looking at guys' feet. And I'm like, oh, those are nice. Oh, those are nice. <laughs> and lately, well, actually not lately, but it's been like three years. I have a friend that it's a dom, a foot dom or a feet dom, and I played with him and the scene was so hot and uh i just got really into it i was like oh wow that was amazing and it might have been because he was so good and he was so sexual and sexually charged and you know it was also dirty and i don't know i just really enjoyed it so since then i've been looking actually I, i like feet a lot now
0: so this came as like a surprise to you did you not realize that you were into feet until recently then
1: yeah yeah so now like on instagram i'm not on facebook anymore but i'm on instagram and uh there is a big fit communities of gay guys that mm-hmm. you know so I'm getting into it, and I'm getting a lot of fo- like foot followers. So that's kind of cool.
0: I actually have a picture of you and your feet.
1: I'll, I'll have to post that one on the <laughs> promo. Oh, yeah. Please do. Yes. Well, I let's think do- yeah. I don't know. I've, I've been told. I've been told that I have nice feet. So
0: I, I'm looking yeah. at them now. You do have some <laughs> nice feet. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, I, speaking of all these photos, um, so are who is Fogra? I see so many. Really high quality photos of you, not not to mention the ones in the drummer magazine. Um, mm-hmm. Are you an exhibitionist as
1: well? I'm not actually. Okay. Uh, but I did like to take pictures. <laughs> <laughs> you have some great uh, pictures. Thank you. Uh, no, I'm not um, surprisingly, but I'm not opposed to having sex in public. Uh, but okay. I'm not, you know, I'm not going to go in the middle of of a park, it, or that doesn't turn me on. But it doesn't. I see. Yeah. I don't seek it out, but I, I don't have a problem having sex at a play party or, you know, going to an orgy and just having sex in front of everyone. Um, which is also another, you know, another story. Um, actually one of the, one of my favorite experiences in LA has been that, you know, before I I was dating, I was, you know, I I was dating someone and he was like, okay, let's go to a, a pool party. And I'm like, okay i'm like but are, all our friends are gonna be there i'm like yeah i know that's gonna be weird like I've, we've never played in public mm-hmm. and he's also a leather guy you know but you know we were this is what four years ago we were new into the leather community we're somewhat new but that was sex with our friends in front of everyone being naked with all our friends we're like oh i don't know but okay let's why not let's try it <laughs> we went it was Amazing. I ended up winning that player of the year award because I think after that pool party, I went to all the pool parties and I was oh my gosh. <laughs> having a lot of sex, like at all the pool parties. Uh, and I just remember getting on the sling. It was during the summer and I got on the sling and there were like six guys around me and I just could hear, you know, the sun was shining on my face. It was super hot and I could hear the chains just like moving and getting fucked. And just, uh, I just remember having this huge smile on my face. And I was like, people are just naked all over. Like, there's music and like, there's sex. And I just, that was one of my favorite memories of that year. Wow. I bet
0: you look back on that memory often. I do. Do you ever jerk off to it?
1: No, because I've had hotter experiences
0: that are dirtier.
1: <laughs> that was just like a very feel-good moment for myself. Uh,
0: <laughs> no, yeah. It's, it's just funny because I'll, I'll, I catch myself masturbating to moments that I've had in the past where I'm like, oh, that was so hot. I, I wonder if I'm the only one that does that.
1: <laughs> no, I'm sure you're not. I'm sure you're not. But I just have other dirtier memories that I, I, you know, I jack off to sometimes.
0: What are some of those? <laughs>
1: Could you share with us
0: one of your (laughs) Jackoff memories?
1: So one of my favorite uh, water sports scenes was I I, I also used to go to IML all the time and um, there was a a piss party that happens on Sunday, Sunday afternoon, uh, which is I think it's the best piss party that I've ever been in the U.S. Mm -hmm. Um, So if you go to IML, go to the piss party when we reopen. But anyways, um, so there's it's uh, at this bar. I don't remember the name of it, but it's in the back. So there's the bar and then there's another back, another back bar. And they close it off so it's really dark and they have a kiddie pool and everyone's drinking and peeing. You know, it's just, just there's piss everywhere. But there was my boyfriend at the time, you know, he, I, he went with me and he was starting pissing. On, you know, I was drinking his piss and then I had another daddy fucking me. And then three more daddies around me pissing <laughs> on me while I was getting fucked and being fed piss.
0: Oh my God.
1: So the, uh, it was so hot and it was dark and I was doing poppers. And it just felt like a porn. That's one of the, you know, I've had other times that it feels like a porn, but this time it really felt like a porn. Porn. Like I was like, wow, wow that's fucking amazing.
0: <laughs> that's like, yeah. sounds like something you would see on like the television screen at the bar.
1: <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. It was like that. I, I don't know if I've ever had that experience before that, but definitely I was like, wow, like like my IML weekend, that that was the highlight. And I think I've, and I've gone several times after that, but it's never been like that. I just, it's been fun, but I think like every leather weekend, you know, it's different every time it's fun, mm-hmm. but it's not the same.
0: Yeah. yeah. Well, that's awesome. Well, we know you're into water sports and nipple play and feet. Um, anything else that you're into?
1: Yes, actually, uh, one of my favorite things to do is making out. Um, I consider myself a very passionate kisser, and I think there's a lot of energy that you can give and get when you passionately kiss with someone else. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the other thing is that I love eating ass. Mm. I love just devouring an ass, biting it, licking it, sniffing it. <laughs> uh, and you know, my reviews are pretty good. I have uh, five five the stars star on five, Yelp. Five, <laughs> five, <yes. laughs> um so you know i i just like a lot of physical connection um mm-hmm. you know and just i think that translates into also a an emotional connection so
0: so when it comes to eating ass i mean like because there's different ways that you can rim and yes so are you like a deep rimmer? like you like to like get in there or yes
1: i, I am okay. a deep rimmer. um you know you start slowly as you should mm-hmm. um but i like to just Get really deep um use my fingers use my tongue uh like i said if uh, my favorite is a hairy butts or oh. hairy holes okay um so you know i like to floss <laughs> with the hair
0: <laughs> well i was going to ask you about that because i'm sure there's preferences out there about you know a hairy ass, but what is so sexy to you about a hairy ass versus like a smooth asshole that you're looking
1: i mean I'll, I'll, don't get me wrong i'll take any ass but there is something more i like hairy men in general mm-hmm. and just uh just to see a a poodle butt that's what you know someone i've heard that before when it's just <laughs> you see the layer of hair just covering the whole butt and the hole okay. uh that just that's just something that turns me on
0: yeah and you know what's interesting cuz i i've done some rimming before myself um i'm more of a bottom really? <laughs> in the rimming world i'm more of the bottom but uh when i have done rimming i've noticed that the people that have like a more hairy asshole actually a lot of more of their like scent is left behind mm-hmm. so I, I don't know if that's just because it gets like trapped in the hair but like a lot more of like that natural smell of their body gets locked in
1: there's some of that yes i uh, i mean I, I really like also sweat and just I don't know. There's something very dirty and masculine, (laughs) and just very sexual, very raw energy about it. So, yeah, that might have to do with it.
0: So, uh, what about the first time that you discovered that that's something that you can do? I remember seeing that for the first time in porn, and I was like, "Oh my god, what is he doing?" (laughs)
1: Um, no, I, I, I mean, you know, I feel like rimming or kissing, and you know, those are things that. I started doing the you know since the beginning, so I don't remember. Like to me, it's always being a part of sex, like an essential. And you know, not to say that I've never had sex without rimming or making out, uh, I have. But to me, feels incomplete.
0: I'm curious to know: Are there any fetishes that you haven't explored yet that you're you might be interested in?
1: No, I don't think so. I, I've done <laughs> I've a lot. Uh, very, like I said, I, I like to experience a lot of things. So okay. Um, I've, I've done, I think all the things that I've been curious about and some things that I wasn't too curious and I just did it just to see, uh, I did, a what is it? Uh, with a rod. Uh, I'm oh, sounding, on, sounding. Mm-hmm. And you know, I, I had, had an experience when I was younger, I went to get tested. And back then they used to put the, Oh, in your, you <laughs> yes. <Yeah. laughs> um, so I associated that with sounding, so I never wanted to do it, but I decided I'm like, you know, maybe that was just a long time ago, so it will be different, but it wasn't. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, okay. I, I think it was like PTSD, like in my, in my head and I just felt really uncomfortable and I was like, get it out. <laughs> uh, was it like abrasive or something? Yeah, I just felt, it hurt. It didn't feel okay. comfortable at all. Yeah. So, but yeah.
0: Well, you can't be into everything, Xavier. <laughs> right.
1: No. Yeah. But I, you know, there, you know, I, I'm not into needles. So uh-huh. needle play, that's something that scares me a little bit. Even when I get, I go to get my blood work. I don't yeah. like to look at the needle. I don't know. It just makes me like, Ugh. so I don't know <laughs> if I could do that. I mean, I'm sure I could, but I don't, that's not something that I want to I want to try. Okay. Although I've heard that it's great, yeah.
0: Yeah, there's some stories on the podcast of people having extreme, deep, meaningful experiences with needles. and But I, I felt that I've always said the same thing as yourself. I can't even go to the doctor because I, I, I can't look at the needle. I still remember one time in college, uh, I had been exposed to somebody that came back positive for TB.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And so they have to test you. And it's just a little poke. I, it was totally psychological. But she was like, Are you okay with needles? I'm like, Yeah, I'm fine as long as I don't look. And I yeah. I, I looked <laughs> and I started hyperventilating and she was oh, like wow. she's like, Honey, it was just a little poke. I'm like you're fine.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, it's funny, you know, how little things like that. I mean, sometimes, you know, we take big old cocks and that's supposed right. to that's supposed to be, you know, I don't know, be more hurt more than just a little prick, but <laughs> Right.
0: Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Now, I'm curious if you have any uh, kinks gone wrong stories. We've had some interesting stories on the podcast of the past of people who've had sexual experiences that maybe have not went as uh, originally planned. And do you have anything like that?
1: (laughs) I do, actually. So um, this is when I was in college and um i had been drinking with my friends and then i got on gay.com gay.com
0: and, uh, this guy,
1: i know gay.com i know i'm old <laughs> but i'll tell you i'm almost 40. um so anyways i was drunk and horny and um this guy this really tall guy he's probably like six five he's like i'll pick you up i'll take you back to my hotel which was like a mile away so he picks me up then you know i fucked him and then he tells me to play with his hole so i'm like okay i'm playing with his hole and then he's like starts pushing my arm into his hole and he starts pushing it in and in with his leg and i'm like okay i'm going in like i didn't know i've never fisted and i didn't know what fisting was so then all of a sudden i'm all the way in and everything's really tight and I'm thinking, you know, I'm I'm drunk and I, I didn't know what was going on. I'm like, oh my god, my whole my fist is in someone and it's like <laughs> up to my wrist, and he's like pushing it. And he's like, <gasps> I was freaking out. <laughs> like I wasn't freaking out, you know, I didn't do anything, but in my head I was like, oh my fucking god, what's going on? Everything's so like tight. <laughs> it feels really weird. I've never experienced anything like that. So, um, and then he's like, okay, I'm gonna come, and I was like, okay. And then he comes and I feel everything tightening really hard around my, ri- oh my, my God. wrist. And I was like, and then he came and he's like, ah, ah, ah. and then I could, you know, he stopped. And then he tells me, oh, I'm going to have to use a diaper tomorrow. <laughs>
0: <laughs> wow! I, thought
1: that was, I didn't laugh, but I, I came back and I told my my roommate and my friends that were, you know, we continued drinking. They're like, could can't believe it. I'm like wow you did that I'm like yeah and you know at the time I didn't realize what I had just done Right. but I guess now that I think about it that was my first uh, fisting experience
0: I wonder if he knew like I wonder if he had done that before oh he knew (laughs) oh he
1: knew (laughs) (laughs) yeah it was very it was totally planned uh wow but uh, yeah I mean I don't know if that was gone wrong, but it was definitely not something that I had expected or planned to do.
0: I mean, it's definitely not gone wrong, but it's definitely <laughs> gone right. That's for sure.
1: <laughs> yeah, But, it was, you know, I would have liked to know what I was going to do. That's right. all. That's always my thing. You know, I'll do a lot of crazy stuff, but I want to know that it's going to happen.
0: Yeah. I, sometimes some of the best memorable experiences happen
1: spontaneously. and That is true, though. Yeah. It,
0: it sounds like he really wanted it and you were just able to go along with it and feel the Feel the
1: uh... his tightness.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say the moment, but yeah, the <laughs> yes. Awesome. Uh, I was curious to know a, a little bit about you. Mentioned a couple organizations that you were involved with before. Would you mind talking a little bit about those?
1: Sure. So I'm part of Avatar. Uh, Avatar LA. It's a educational BDSM organization. I want to say it's one of the oldest BDSM educational organizations in, in the country. I'm on the board. I'm a member at large, and uh, I've been on the board for two years. And as you might imagine, uh, the purpose of this organization is to educate people about safe play. Okay. So, you know, we hold monthly meetings for the public, monthly public meetings, uh, where we go over different kinks, or BDSM play. Uh, and we teach people how to play safe, things that you should do, um, you know, because there's a lot of intricacies that come with BDSM play that a lot of people don't know. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we want to make sure that people have fun, but also that they do it safely. Right. So um, it's it's cool. I, I've enjoyed my time in that club. Uh, I Previously, I, I was uh, on the Bando Brothers, which is an organization for all title holders that go through Los Angeles leather. So, I was on the board for a year. Uh, and then I've helped, you know, I've helped at different events, uh, the Tom Fillon House, LA Leather, been a judge for different uh, contests. But I think, oh, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm, I was going to jump into something else.
0: <laughs> no, go ahead. <laughs>
1: I was going to say, I think, you know, um, what I, I like the most, I, I like to mentor. Mm-hmm. That's something that I've enjoyed even before. Uh, you know, I was in leather and um, when I was in high school, I, I was a mentor for for younger kids. So um, I decided, you know, when I was in leather, I decided to do that also. And after I won my title, I was teaching or mentoring a younger guys or other people, not sometimes older, that wanted to be part of the leather community and run a title. So I've helped a, a few a few people uh just giving them a little push so they could be themselves and they could, you know, be, be more confident or just help them with uh, getting ready for their titles. So
0: now that we're on the topic, I'm curious to know, uh, are there any mentors in your life along your leather journey that you'd like to mention today?
1: Yes. Yeah, so, I, like I said before, uh, Sir Ian was uh, the first person that brought me into the leather community and he was my sir for, you know, I'm, Forever grateful for him and for for teaching me all, all the all the ways, and uh, but there are other people in the community, you know. Ralph Bruno, uh, it's someone that I look up to. Ray's Bannon, uh, San Francisco, he's a great guy, and I just I just love that after all these years he's still out there, and you know uh, I just love his energy. It's mm-hmm. just a very uh, laissez-faire approach to life. I don't know, it just seems like he knows what he wants uh, and he goes for it. That's awesome. I like that. Yeah.
0: For those who are listening who might be new to the leather kink world or maybe just exploring it for the first time, uh, what would be your advice to them?
1: I would say that if you are new to the leather community and you want to get involved, go to the events mm-hmm. uh, because that's the best way to meet people, to learn things you know, uh, sometimes on the apps, you know, or like even on the social media apps, people are like, oh, I want you to take me on there and like, I want you to be my sir. Uh, and I'm like, first of all, I don't even know who you are. Um, <laughs> but I will I, I would be glad to help you, you know, and introduce you, but it has to come from you. You have mm-hmm. to want it. So I think personally, I think the best way to get involved or to become part of the leather community is to go to the events. Um meet people ask questions uh make some friends and uh you know try new things yeah absolutely. Uh, be open be open and you know if you like something or if you're curious about something try it if you don't like it then at least you know that you don't like it and if you like it then do it more <laughs> um, i always say try it once
0: if you don't like it try it twice
1: <laughs> yes, definitely. And then I would say also, um, don't be a bitch. <laughs> no one likes a bitch. Uh be nice, be be respectful and be open and, and, and have fun. You know, uh, I think that uh I don't know. That's just who I am. I like yeah. to have fun. And uh, you know, some uh, I, I there's times to be serious, but also I think leather it's meant to be fun and be sexual and you know if you're too rigid and like serious about it and it takes away from it you have to enjoy it yeah yeah
0: yeah. absolutely i totally agree with that uh well uh before we get going how can we get connected with you how can we reach out
1: so i have an instagram it's uh at Xavier oh it's x z a v i e r o uh, that's my Instagram. I don't have Facebook anymore. Uh,
0: <laughs> I know you keep so... saying that. <laughs>
1: yeah, I, know. <laughs> I know. I thought that I, I, and I was big on Facebook. I thought that I miss it more, but I don't. Um, so yeah, I, and I don't like to have a lot of apps. Uh, I don't know. I'm just kind of a minimalist in, in that sense. So I, I'm mm-hmm. only, uh, I'm not on Scruff or Grindr either. Okay. But I guess Instagram, if you want to find me online or, you know. Um, and you have a Twitter? I don't have a Twitter either.
0: Okay. Okay. Yeah. So
1: how <laughs> it's. I don't know. Um, <laughs> how, so,
0: how do we see naked photos of you, Xavier? You can
1: email me, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> or you can, text I guess me. You, you can text me.
0: If you guys want to see naked photos of Xavier, you can message him or you can go to my Patreon where he will be completely naked. Um, <laughs> yes, i sent
1: you some pictures. I think I sent you one that oh, I was checking right? out. Oh, Was that a video? I don't know.
0: Uh, I don't know. There's there's a handful
1: of files. Uh, <laughs> I sent you a bunch files. of things. <laughs> <laughs> but if not, you know, oh. when we open, when we open, I'll, I'm always around. You'll see me at the Eagle or the Bullet or any sex party. And oh, I'll uh, catch yeah, you. Yeah, catch me if you can.
0: <laughs> Would you like to make any last statements to our audience before we wrap up?
1: I just want to say thank you to you uh, for this opportunity. It's been great just to share. Uh, and also, you know, it's just for me to to think about my journey. So thank you for that. And, you know, to the audience, I hope you enjoyed this.
0: Well, thank you again, Xavier, for coming on the show. And I hope to see you soon at our Leather Talk Zoom party.
1: I Yeah, I want to make it. I want to check it out. Awesome. Awesome.
0: Well, thanks again for listening, everyone. And don't forget to check out the very many outreach programs we have available to us here in the Los Angeles area. The Alley Leather COVID-19 Assist, Bullet Bar Pantry, and Alley Cares are all ways that you can get assistance during these trying times of COVID-19. I will have links in the description below. As always, you can find me on Instagram and Patreon as Leather Talk Mr. Bullet, and Twitter as BrandonBulletLA. Thanks again for listening. And as always... Stay safe, stay healthy, and stay kinky.